The following podcast is a production of City View Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The following program is not ashamed of the gospel and is about to tell you the truth. I like the the metaphor in Scripture I find very helpful of the Word of God being this perfect mirror that I can look into and see myself as I actually am. What we tend to look into is carnival mirrors. They show me me, but they show me me with distortion, like the carnival mirror at the, at the fair where, well, I don't have a three-foot-long neck. I'm seeing myself, and I see myself with distortion. And this identity thing in ministry is one of those carnival mirrors. And here's where you see something that is a normal human struggle intensified by ministry. Because what is the normal human struggle is I look for identity horizontally when I was hardwired by God to get it vertically. So I, I look for something in creation to define who I am, uh, whether that's a marriage or my work or my athletic body or whatever that is. And so ministry powerfully provides that. I'm a knowledgeable public person. I'm, I'm a carrier of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of those things provide a sense of identity that is marvelously distorted because I, I am not something because I'm in ministry. Can I say this more powerfully? I'm something because I'm in Christ. Bottom line. Keeping our thinking challenged by God's truth is the focus of this podcast. We generate real answers from God's Word and from the practical application of that Word in everyday life. Thanks for joining us for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. Pastor Weld, we've been talking on Thinking Out Loud for some time. In fact, eight weeks, eight podcasts on the wounds in a man's heart. And I'm going to circle back and talk a little bit today and ask you some questions about identity. Because I think that's the biggest thing most of us struggle with, right? Because we get our identity oftentimes what we do, what we have, and even what we drive. I want to ask some penetrating questions. So a man's identity is critical for his self-esteem. I believe that. And his perspective on how he fits into his social life and how he sees the opposite sex, it all ties together. So why do men struggle so often with who they are? You know, we raise these boys in our homes and they seem to be fairly stable, but somehow that identity still gets hurt some way or damaged or dented, whatever you want to call, but men have a problem with identity. Yeah, they do. I always say that men are simple creatures. They just need to be fed. They need sex. They need a little bit of entertainment, sports. Women are very complicated. Mm-hmm. We know that. We're, we're married. Yeah. So if we just tell men what to do, they'll usually respond, unless they're stubborn or prideful, which is a problem in and of itself. But society doesn't tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. And it's even more confusing. I was watching a clip from Jordan Peterson yesterday. Oh, really? He's really mm-hmm. popular with young men, yes. millions of young men watch him and he was talking about how these young men come to his seminars and he got really emotional and started to cry and just talking about how men just feel there's no place for them they're put down they have no self-esteem no confidence so often no father in their life 
Jordan Peterson has kind of been on the edge of becoming a believer, so you have to filter, you know, what is of God and what is not. But even he and other men like him see that it's really men that are struggling in our culture. In other cultures, men, whether it's a positive or a negative, seem to have more definition. This is what you do and this is who you are. But the thing that I think is most important for men is their relationships. And I've come to realize this the older that I get. At the end of the day, what I have is my relationships. I have my relationship with God. That's missing in most men's lives. I have my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children, and now grandchildren coming, and my relationship with other men. Of course, it goes beyond that. But those are the important relationships in my life. And we don't teach men how to do anything with those relationships. We just throw them into the job and just tell them to make the best of it. And it's different if you're making widgets. A man can make a widget, but a human being is a flesh and blood person with its own personality. So men are dealing with all these different people, like the wife and the children. They all have these different personalities, and there really isn't any equipping for men and their relationships. And I think that is the most important part of our identity. Because you, if you ask any man, if you ask us, the first question is, what do you do? We're both in the ministry, mm-hmm. and the ministry can become our God. It can become our source of self-esteem, and that's not healthy. Never is it healthy that our looks, our money, our job, our status, the position that we hold, that cannot be the source of our self-esteem. In fact, if it is, then the relationships in your life will usually suffer. Well, you're absolutely right, Pastor Walt. But that is what culture looks to. It's all those things you just mentioned, the status, what you have, what you drive, where you live, who you're even married to. It all filters into a a man's mind. And yet, because you're a pastor, let's talk about the one we follow, Jesus. He chose not the gifted, not the educated or the wealthy or the status person. He chose ordinary men. And that's really what I want to get at today is because the whole body of Christ primarily is made up of ordinary men. Yes, there are some Jordan Petersons and there are some Franklin Grahams and whatever that are very popular. But 99% of the people we deal with are ordinary men. They don't have all these little, what can we say, avenues of identity. So how do you deal with the ordinariness of men? What do you say to them? I say, first off, invest in your relationships, most important thing in your life. And that's been a recent revelation in my life that I do like people and I do feel the reward of having good relationship, having a good relationship with my wife. It's very rewarding. And I don't have to be rich to have that. I don't have to be the top dog in the job to have that. That's something that is fully and completely within my control. It's interesting that this is the subject of the day because this Sunday I'm going to be preaching from Luke chapter 6 where Jesus is on the Sermon on the Mount. It's, they're not sure, is it the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5? Is it a different time? I think it's probably something different. But in there, he gives some great insight on life. He says, blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you. And then he goes on and he says, woe are you who are fed. Woe are you who are rich. And if you look in the Greek, you get some real clear definition of what Jesus is really talking about. When he says blessed 
are you who are poor or hungry or persecuted. He's saying you are happy. We don't understand it, so we say, well, Jesus isn't really saying happy. He's just saying that you're blessed, and we make it sound all kind of spiritual. It isn't that we want to pursue poverty or pursue persecution or pursue hungry. But on the flip side, Jesus says, woe, and that word in the Greek basically means miserable. You can be rich, you can be fed, you can be popular, but you can also be miserable. And that's the condition of men, most men, is they pursue because they think that is the right direction to go. They pursue wealth, they pursue satisfaction, they pursue popularity, and at the end of the day, they lose who they really are, and they're just working for the system, or they're working for the job. I see it in men all the time. They just try to fix everything in, in everybody else's life instead of really working on those relationships. So, oh, the wife is not happy, let's move. The wife isn't happy, so I'll buy her something. And that's not what she wants. What she wants is relationship with her husband. She wants communication. She wants to have fun together. And a lot of guys just don't know that. I go back to this example where I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I've met a lot of men who have been in combat. They've served in the military. And I've only come across one in my entire life that actually opened up about combat and told me what happened there. He was in World War II, and he actually killed a man with his bare hands. But every time I try to talk to guys about what happened over there, they just shut down. They don't know how to process it. I have a, a couple of relatives in my life that have extreme PTSD. Women seem to be better at dealing with those kinds of things because they're more communicative. They open up. They talk. Guys are just more likely to go out in the garage. That, that was my dad's way of dealing with everything, was just to go out in the garage and, and be alone and not process. I know when I left home for college, it came to the realization to him, I'm sure, that I wasn't coming back. And my mom said he spent two weeks out in the garage and she didn't see him. He didn't know how to process that. Mm -hmm. We can start to turn to some positives here in the podcast. It's really about our relationship with God, that's the most important. Because men, we, we are not, as much as we think so, we are not designed to be the end-all, be-all. In other words, the buck doesn't stop with us. The buck stops with God. We have a higher authority. We have somebody that we can turn to that gives us guidance and direction about the crises in our lives and the relationships in our lives. And you and I both talked about this. The later we get in life, the more we read the scripture. Mm -hmm. And we see, the, we see the wisdom of God. And mm -hmm. I see a lot about relationships in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I listen to Dennis Prager a lot. And Dennis always likes to take pot shots at college or universities. He said, you're not ever going to get wisdom there. In fact, he said, is there ever an institution? Now, he didn't say the church. But is there an institution that talks and teaches wisdom? And when you think about it, there isn't. And so what you're talking about is the wisdom that comes out of the scriptures. And what you just said was wisdom, helping men process that the buck stops with God and not with me. I want to go back just quickly to this idea that Jesus chose 12. I don't want to get into the idea of Judas, you know, and all of that. But he chose 12 ordinary men. They weren't rich. They weren't popular. They weren't powerful. 
They were ordinary people. They were fishermen. There was a pseudo-zealot or political person. Tax collectors, they were just ordinary men. Why? It was interesting because they weren't rich and they weren't poor. They were middle-class guys. They were ordinary guys. My favorite movie is Hoosiers with Gene Hackman. I can't get enough of that movie. And there's this part of the movie where the guys in the town get together at the barber shop, and the minister's there, and the sheriff is there, and they call him in, and they're going to tell him how to coach the basketball team. And I think about that scene a lot. It's a small town, and all of the guys in there have their identity. Hmm. There's no women there. The guys are there. We see a problem. We see an issue, and we're going to solve that. And it's this town in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, absolutely completely insignificant in terms of world events. And yet those guys seem to have a sense of who they are. This minister is respected by the people. The sheriff has his place and his role. Everybody has some sense of identity, and they spend their whole lives there. They're born and raised there. Most of them probably never travel more than 30 miles from their town. That's the way it used to be in America. You weren't interacting with a lot of other people. You had your family. You you had your identity. And I think that's what's missing. So men have to be purposeful in seeking out their relationships with one another. And I've chosen in my life to walk like Jesus and that is to have young men underneath me. Because I remember, and I know that you do too, coming from a broken home and from a dysfunctional place in life and not knowing how to be a man, I craved the interaction with older men. And I had so many questions and watching and observing their life and understanding that what I really wanted in life was I, I wanted respect and how do I get it? And I saw, I respected these men and I patterned my life after them. So I want to invest in other men and other young men. And so many are not even able to receive my help. That's the, that's the hard part is just getting a young man in a position where he says, yes, I want this and I'm going to submit to this. And it, it's, so, it's so rewarding That's one aspect of relationship in my life is my relationship with other men my own age, but also with younger men in my life. And I have the relationship where I can say, as Paul says to Timothy, my son. And some guys will say, thank you for being a second father in my life. Wow, that's quite a compliment, really. And that's worth more than all the money in the world. It really is. You mentioned my background, of course. I came from a broken home, and my lack of self-identity or my identity was damaged. And so I tried to become something I wasn't, got into drugs, got into trouble. You know, I was did some time in, in, uh, in county jail and all of that, all because my identity was missing. I didn't know who I was. I was trying to be something I wasn't. And I think ordinary men sometimes feel that way, Pastor Walt. You know, they see the gifted, they see the talented, the elite, and all of that which we talked about earlier, and they feel like, wow, I'm just not that good. Yet again, I think our thinking has to change for men, that God has chosen the ordinary to take his message to the world. And in concert with other men, I find my identity and my identity with God, and he's got us on mission. 
And so my identity becomes the mission, but we have to get guys to think that way and get out of this worldly identity that puts us, you know, trying to get to the top of the, the ladder or the heap, you know. No, I work with you, you work with me, and the mission is accomplished. Yeah, and when I think about Jesus, Jesus is the prototype, and I teach so often that he is the new Adam. The first Adam was really messed up, and the guys that follow in his footsteps are messed up. I was just watching a little video on Cain versus Seth. Abel was killed by his brother Cain, and by the time we get to the flood, everything about Cain's ancestry is is destruction, death, enslaving, murder, and God wipes out that whole line hmm. through the flood. And the only thing that's left is, is Seth. And Seth is kind of a, a, a type of Christ. He's this new son who is born and starts this new line. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to break us out of our family line or whatever it is that we're stuck in that we can't get out of. And we look to Jesus and we see this man who has healthy relationships who has confidence, who has influence in the world. He doesn't have a lot of money. He scorns popularity. He is investing in just these 12 men. He just got it together. And he's setting out a new pattern for us. So when a man doesn't know where to go, he looks to Jesus and he says, well, Jesus did this. And so I'm going to follow in the pattern of Jesus. That's the difference. When I'm without Jesus, I'm making it up as I go. I'm just following like you did this is what I think a man should be or do. Green Day has a song, I Walk Alone, that's really popular, but most men do not walk alone. We want to fit in somewhere, so we have our group of friends, and our friends are going to set the pace for our identity, but we don't want our friends to set our identity. We want Jesus to set our identity. Mm -hmm. We want to follow in his path. He did so many things when he came to the cross, but one of the things he did was to restore manhood and show us this is what a man is supposed to do. He's called the second Adam, the new Adam, and we follow in his path. And I'm trying the best I can to model my life after Jesus. And we see with the early apostles, it's just amazing. I missed this before. How many times the word imitate is used? Imitate me. Imitate those who are above you. Follow. That's the thing that is the source of, of self-esteem and self-worth is I'm following God. I have a higher purpose in my life and others around me are seeing that and they are attracted to that. That's an attraction for a woman is a man who follows God and when times get tough, he stands by his principles, his mm -hmm. biblical principles. Well, I think when you look at the New Testament, just the New Testament, you find that the identity of those that follow the New Testament, that Jesus taught, Paul, Peter, so forth, it was an identity of the body together. And that's something that I think why church is so important, because as a, as a group, our identity as a group is serving God, serving one another. That's very, very important. In fact, even in the Old Testament, Isaiah 66, 2 says that God looks to the humble, the contrite in heart, and someone who trembles at his word. Now, when you think of those three things, it has nothing to do with worldly conception of identity. The identity is humility, contriteness and fear of God's word. That's who we are. And that's easy for men to follow. You know, step one, two, three, just do this. Yes. Yes, I'll do this. <laughs> we follow orders. We take commands. We're good in the military because 
you just tell a man what to do. And I think man, men want that. Our whole lives are consumed with fixing things and making things better and building things. That's what really gets us excited. It's in our DNA. I remember reading many years ago the book, Why Men Hate Going to Church. Mm-hmm. And he said men hate going to church because there's nothing for them to do. Men came back from the war. They built churches. And then they left churches because, all right, my job is done. We haven't done a very good job of finding a, of helping men to navigate relationships and finding things for them to do. So even in my fast approaching old age, I've really made a commitment to spend time with young men, do some bowling. I love paintball. I like to go paintballing, have retreats, get them outdoors, those kinds of things. It's something I did in my youth ministry, and I thought, well, why did I stop that? Because it was so effective with young men. But we got to find a place for men in the church. We got to find a place for where they fit. Mm -hmm. And at City View, we've done a fairly good job finding a place for young men in our church, ushering, serving in the sound booth, being a part of a of a life on life group, mm-hmm. an older mentor speaking into their life. that That's something that um, we've been successful at, but it's biblical. Yes. I have often said that if there's a model of any church in the Twin Cities of reaching younger men and people, it's City View and under your leadership. So if I'm an ordinary man listening to this podcast today, What would you say to me when I'm struggling with, I'm just an ordinary guy, I'm nobody, you know? What do you say to them to help them understand that God loves the ordinary? He made so many of us, right? What would you say? Well, the first thing I would say is you're not as tough as you think you are. (laughs) We think we don't need relationship. We think we don't need to have other men in our lives, that that's for women. Yeah. But we need that. We need one another. We need a place to talk. We need a place to vent and seek out those relationships. You have to find, and every church has one or two or more, find the man in your life that you can trust Mm -hmm. and begin to open up your heart to him. I just feel so blessed in my life because I have so many valuable relationships, men that I can go to, things I can bounce off with you or some of the older other older men in the church oh, i emphasize older no you have a lot of ministry experience that's good for me i need that i need people to hold me accountable i need men to speak into my life but it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and you have to pursue it and you you might have to play less golf or less basketball or god forbid that you're addicted to video games as an adult male but it that's very yeah. very common it is you got to get some discipline in your life and start to work on some of these things. So City View Church is in South Minneapolis. You have services, obviously, on Sunday. If somebody walks into City View Church this Sunday morning, what would they discover? Well, the biggest thing that I hear from people is, do I have to dress up? You don't have to dress up. It's casual. And we're not perfect, but we have a strong community, and we really do emphasize relationship. So it wouldn't take you very long to find something or some some place to get involved or get invested in the church. We have what we call a clear path for discipleship, where we encourage people to sign up for dinners for six, and you just go to somebody's house and meet some people and you do that two or three times and uh, then you can uh, become a member. You can, um, that that's what we really want to see is become a member and um, 
membership for us means a little bit different. It says, I'm here, I'm investing, and I want to make this my church home, and I want to build relationships. So then our expectation is get into a life group, get into one of our small groups. We have groups, men with men, women with women, and we also have couples groups as well. Okay, so if somebody wants to know more, what's the web address? cvcmpls.org. Well, thanks, Pastor Walt, for great insights today on identity in a man's life. If our listeners want to learn more about the wounds in a man's heart, there are eight other podcasts that you can find at the cvcminneapolis.org website under media. So go there and listen to them all. Binge listen to what's happening in a man's heart today. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And please let us know your thoughts on our topic. We want to hear your feedback and your concerns as you think out loud. Please visit us at cvcmpls.org. That's cvcmpls.org.